Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Fantastic. I think they shot this on time. I think that's what's throwing them. Yeah, well, you know, it's been one of those days, you know. Yeah. In one of those weeks. Yeah, has, yeah. I mean, what have I done today? I went out for a pub lunch, went to the gym, went for a walk. Oh, it's because you're still at school. I'm still at school, yes. Thanks for that. <laughs> Although I, I will be honest, I have noticed a massive uh, drop-off in attendance. I'm talking about, ooh, class of 30 kids. I'm, I'm talking seven or eight kids off this week. Yeah. It's plainly obvious. We, we live in the border of, of um, Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire. So we've got obviously children who are maybe have siblings in one LEA mm. and we're in another LEA. So yeah. whether they're going for holidays, whether not, it's it's one of those eternal problems. Same as some of the teaching staff struggling this week. Yeah. I was talking to a colleague of mine. He's like, yeah, the kids are all off this week. I'm not. So it's like, well, what's going on next week? He says, I've got a week without the kids. Great. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's where I am this week. Uh, this is this is yeah. So it's it's really strange for me to kind of have this. It's never I've never had like a full week off. Just on my tot, really. So it's been, it's been nice, but you know, I guess, you're bored. <laughs> well, funny enough, the kids have got an inset day tomorrow, so we can we can catch up tomorrow. So we're gonna have a, a trip to Matlock Bath, get some kind of chips and stuff, and have a nice day. Oh, funny, we went up there the other day. We went up to there the other day, and uh, I just had a note passed to me. Yep, that's for my daughter. Would you like to read that to my five year old? I love you so much. It's not bad handwriting, it's is good, it? It's really good, yeah. Good parents' evening tonight, actually. Yeah. It's interesting, the parents' evening, that um, they were like, yes, here they are with the reading and the phonics, la, la, la. And I'm like, I just want to know what you my child have. I just yeah. want to know how she's yeah, settling yeah. in. And funny, the eight-year-old, um, the teacher actually said it, and, 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 and we had a discussion about the last year's, you know, the SATs, and how, you know, a conference was knocked on the mats. And, and, and literally, they've recovered her, which is fantastic, brilliant teaching. And it's funny when you're on the other side of that, of that desk and you were the parent listening to the teacher you had one who's like well how's the behavior yeah she's got you know a little more confident how confident are we talking about has it reached <laughs> the point where it's gone beyond low level oh it's not low level yeah. ah that's okay so what you're really saying is it has the potential to be a little bit of a problem but at the moment we're okay with that it's like yes that's pretty much what i'm saying I'm thinking yes just get to the chase i'm a teacher i know the language uh, and then the other, they showed me all the data and it was like a little spreadsheet with rag rated. Mm. This is where she is with the times tables. And it was interesting. Um, and she did, the teacher was honest and says, but she does it when she's no pressure on. She's brilliant. Mm. Says, so low, te- low stakes, no problem. Yeah. And then the teacher said it and says, but unfortunately we live in a country that tests our children. And went, mm. ah, there is the problem. So my child struggles when somebody turns around and says, okay, here's an exam. And she just, struggles with the concept of exams but yet when there's no exam and literally she's led to do it no problem no pressure and that's what i'm now realizing an eight-year-old i'm going to have to manage this through sats which aren't for my child's benefit and i'm almost to the point where i'm thinking do i really want to put my child through this 
do I really want my child abused? I know, yeah, that, that's the kind of horrible thing as a teacher, isn't it? You kind of, you kind of see see the kind of the the, the other side of things. You do. So, uh, so tonight, so, that's... we only want to want tonight want to know whether we can, as a teaching group, take the power back. I think that's the kind of the, the key message. Pay, yeah. Terms conditions. Can we, as we we've talked about before, if they want if they want the kind of private sector model and the market model, can we influence? Bit more. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? If if you're saying to yourself, right, are we, are we mugs? Are we being taken advantage of? Are we just because we are altruistic and we're good guys, and we go into teaching nobly because you know we 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 to make a difference? All those things that I think people on the sectors maybe don't understand about the vocation of teaching. And and it's funny, it's become a dirty word to say vocation, because that's the kind of well, it is a vocation, it is a way of life, it's a, it's a profession. But we are a profession as well. You know, we are professionals. And and, and that story last week about the um, deprofessionalization of our profession by allowing apprenticeships in, and some would say, well, that's okay, that's opening up teaching, and you know, a teacher shouldn't be. I disagree. I, we're academics, we're, we're pedag... I mean, typical teachers talk radio. Every show is loaded with pedagogy, loaded with expertise. You know, it's not like... Sitting down in 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 the in the lowest common denominator, talking about oh how you teach children. We are we are educated professionals who have all sorts of techniques and ways of of educating children, constantly evolving, constantly adapting. And yes, we annoy parents when we do inset days, but we need them because we're constantly updating our practice and our craft. And I'm saying to you, right? If I go private, I go private, and I say to myself. What could I charge? Yeah. What am I worth? Yeah. What is my skill set? I have seen my wage from my 30s to my 40s decline. Now, in any other profession, I should be making more money in my 30s to 40s. I should have a, a, a curve which shows you start off in a profession, you start off with lower pay, and you work your way up to, to the pay, and you reach a certain ceiling. Yes, I get that. Mm. But I shouldn't see my pay decline, for, for want of a better word, there's mistakes that weren't caused by me. The banking sector caused austerity. And there's, the, a, there's a caveat in that as well, isn't it? Not only is your pay declined, the expectation, the my, accountability, what's the my responsibility job? Yeah. Is, is, I mean, that's almost been... Well, I'm doing more. I am doing more than I've ever done in more roles and responsibility, teaching more subjects, teaching more children with the same amount of colleagues. But also, I'm looking around at me going... What's this new support staff member? Who's this person with a new ID? Who's this person on the high of this jacket? What is going on here? Where's this money in education going? You know, it's not going towards me. It's not going towards my wage. Now, average school has a wage budget of 80% plus. Mm. So the, out, the outgoings in a school is 80% plus. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But how, how much of that is going to the teachers, the classroom, chalk-facing person i mean that's an interesting how much is it going to the people who actually do the job yeah. who are in that classroom with the children doing five period days yeah. and literally grafting because yeah. from the outside and what we hear from the, the government all the time is that's the most important bit isn't it when they're saying people need to get back into school they need to get back into school because they need to have that interaction well, with the teacher as i said to a support staff member the, the other day and they looked at me and went oh this person hasn't answered their email I'm sorry. Have you figured out? Have you looked at their timetable today? Have you talked to them of why they haven't answered their email? Are you telling me in the middle of everything they're putting up with that answering their email? Oh, gosh, bless them. They haven't answered their email. What? 
get some perspective. Your support staff. Be a teacher for a day. And it's funny, they did that, didn't they? they um, I think they did that online, didn't they? Where they had uh, somebody did um, an article on that where they did five jobs, didn't they? And they had five different jobs yeah. for, for a day. And, and, oh, yeah, and, it's in the observe, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. So it's 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 a difficult job, and we were asked to do a lot. And we were asked to sort of, um, I think, especially since COVID, when, when the lines got blurred, the unintended consequences, I think we we, we stepped up as professionals, we stepped up into roles that we've never been trained for, and I think the profession handled itself with absolute uh, respect. The problem is we come out much like the NHS and the nurses, we come out with lots of promises about how important we were, how important education was, and that's hollow words. Yeah. Because when it came to actually, right, stump it up, you paid a £400 billion to bail out people to sit for a year and paint their fences. Mm. What have you given nurses and teachers? A clap? Yeah. Well, at least the nurses got a clap. What did we get? We got, as soon as it was politically expedient, when we complained about air quality, how dare we, not that we're suffering from long COVID and the lack of actual thing. Oh, shoot, we've got buildings which have 75% asbestos, if we're our best. We've got ones that are falling apart. But hey, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a complaint about the fact that we're getting sick because we're in unsafe conditions. That's okay. And not that virtue the fact that our children, you and my children, because they, they go to these schools, are being taught in unsafe buildings. So, well, that's fantastic. The most precious thing that we have in this country is our children. And they're being taught in buildings which are falling apart because of a lack of investment. And yet you've got the people in charge to have the bare-faced cheek last week to go on CBB's news and basically crow out that there's never had it so good. It was basically, we've never had it so good in education. Record numbers of teaching, record amount of funding, um, you know, PISA league table. You know, are you that devoid from the actual reality? Either you are completely ignorant to what is going on in this education sector, or you have absolutely no compulsion whatsoever to basically say something completely delusional when the majority of us at the chalk face are saying one thing every day. And it's not one, it's multiple things. It's children presenting with SEND, it's lack of funding, and we're having record numbers leave. Solution. Well, let's look at the solutions. I, I've got a couple. Well, of... well, should we just say hello to oh, uh, John Cat? We shall. Yeah, we shall. Yes. Uh, let's do. Let's yeah. do the. Let's do the cat. Yeah, because obviously half terms coming up, and you might want uh, yeah. you know to replenish your stock of. Uh, CPD books. So uh, we're really pleased, as always, that this show is brought to you in partnership with John Katz, educational, publishing, professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore the full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Uh, happy reading, everyone. And yeah, we'd also we also want to talk about kind of uh, next week's show as mm. well, just to kind of get you kind of uh, ready for that because there was a really interesting bit of journalism done by Brandon Jeffers uh, in the in the week about yeah. kind of the the, the PFI. Um, data that's coming through and about particularly in Stoke on Trent, she was she was looking at where where PFI payments are going to be up kind of ten uh, percent. So we want to explore that. So if you know anyone that's been affected by that, or you want to kind of uh, you know give someone a nudge that you know is going to be interested in that particular story, uh, please let us know. DM us, message us, whatever. Um, 
you know, let the, talk, the teacher talk radio team know, and it'd be great to have them on. Um, Tom Rogers had uh, Brandon Renard, was it? Uh, Monday night was, Monday one, of the, night, it was yeah. one of the questions, and it was, that, yeah. it was perfect timing because that was making the news rounds yeah. on, and obviously Brandon had done some really good investigative journalism, a couple of good clips on yeah. that, and looked at one school. Um, we've had that before. I think we actually had that head teacher on a, a year ago. Uh, maybe Nathan or, or, or Tom might confirm that, but I remember listening to a really good t- uh, teacher's talk radio about a new build, and and basically it was like the plot line of the recent remake of um, the Full Monty, yeah. where the school was falling to bits, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they were locked into a contract, and they had to uh, half the school was not be able to use, and and we we all came away came away with a conclusion which was hilarious was is that your old your old leaky Victorian building, you know, with, you know, with and, and stuff like that was actually sometimes better than some of these new builds, which they were paying a fortune for, locked into these PFI contracts. And, and it's funny that it's taken a while for that to reach that critical mass. So fair play to the investigative journalists, um, and in particular, Brown and Jeffries at that. Yeah. So that's worth a listen yeah. back to Tom. Yeah, but I, I, as, as I say, there's, there's loads of shows yeah. all, all the time on the show. So Just a yeah. taste of that next week. Yeah, though, yeah, I mean, yeah. this is this ties in nicely because this is what I'm saying about money. There is there is money in education, but it's not going towards us in the staff. And that's the sort of mantra tonight of, right, we're going to feel guilty. I feel guilty if I take more money. But should I feel guilty? If I was in the private sector, which we semi-are, because let's start to be honest about it, we don't work for the government any longer. We don't work for local authorities and majorities. We're working for a CEO and a trust, which in all intents and purposes is a business. And I ask myself the question, if my business is terrible at bookkeeping and terrible at doing its job, why should I suffer as a worker? Because the guys in charge can't financially manage, mm-hmm. especially when they give themselves 400 grand for, 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 for pay. When you see the CEOs, and you see the people at the top in trusts, what they're on. Why should it be? And it's a bit, it reminds me of the austerity thing. We're all in it together. It's that thing that was said back in austerity that we all got to tighten our belts. No, we didn't. The private sector didn't tighten this belt very much. The public sector did. Ourselves and nurses and doctors and firefighters and police services. Those vocational and hardworking public sector have basically taken the hit for the last 14 years. And it's not just teaching us across all. I've got a wife in the NHS. We're both in the same position with this. But why should we suffer as a result? And why should we constantly suffer? And I suppose when the 8 or 9% of people who are leaving teaching every year are saying to themselves, why am I putting up with, A, the amount of grief that I get, the job is declining in satisfaction, happiness, welfare and well-being, while the financial incentive for the job is getting less and less. And even the flexibility of the job, it's easy to see that it's all connected. But you look at PFI, and it's a classic example of where their money is going, and it's not going towards us. So a primary school in Liverpool has been forced to spend, get this, £470,000 on grass cutting and maintenance due to the rigid private financial initiative contracts or PFI contracts. The school, which is many around the country, that was built in a P- under a PFI deal, the costs of which have arisen rapidly. The head teacher said the cost of meeting the contract equals 20% of the school's budget. Now, remember when I said that 80% of a school, on average, mm. its labour costs are its, its its major major budget budgeting cost, and 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 they're always under pressure to try and get that under eighty. I remember I was in governing body one year, and and the head teacher's like, it's currently at eighty four, but we've got a lot of uh, older age professionals about to retire in the next year, and they're projecting. So head teachers used to run those budgets like that and be under pressure to run those budgets below eighty percent. So we're talking about the average school, which will run a, a budget where 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 basically the costs of labour, i.e., teachers' salaries, support staff salaries, should be around eighty percent. 
they're saying that the PFI contract is 20% of their budget and the maintenance deal includes a clause to get this ensure the grass is never higher than 2.5 centimeters was it Wembley and the school must pay the company for the initial PFI agreement for its day-to-day maintenance catering and cleaning I mean that's exploitation they've got them haven't they they've signed the contract and now they've got them this year it will rise to more £151,000 since 2021 the contract prevents the school from sh- shopping around for better prices. Talk about the market there, which the head teacher described as incredibly frustrating as costs are rising rapidly. The chairwoman of the Public Accounts Committee, Meg Hiller, said the level of secrecy around PFI contracts was ridiculous and unacceptable. But how long has that been going on? Mm. And uh, by the way, that's both political parties. PFI is well yeah, known. Ni- well, it started in t- 1999. 99, so it switched into two, two different, yeah. two di- three different administrations, yeah. if you count it like that. And that's across all the political spectrums. This is not just at the current government. This is the previous government and the previous before that. So we're at a situation where this has been the the culture for nearly, what, 25 years? It's 25 years, isn't it? And and the bigger scandal has always been we know about PFI and what it's done to hospitals and the NHS. But again, we being the, we're being the sort of forgotten of this. And that's where I think Brandon Jeffries, obviously he was talking to Tom, has really done a good job of highlighting that. As much as we see, you know, it, these things being highlighted, and I think this is this is something that needs to be looked at because that's not fair that schools, which are already in tight budgets, are already, you know, struggling with other other costs, the heating costs, the labour costs, the supply costs. It's astronomical at the moment. The supply costs is just absolutely we're being bled dry by supply agencies. And supply agencies must be absolutely making a killing at the moment. Well, well again, it's market force, isn't it? They, they, they're, they're a private business. They, yeah. know, they know full well this is, this is a cow that's so ready to be built. Are, are, exactly. So education yeah. has been milked by supply companies, milked by PFI companies, milked by CEOs. I tell you what, it's like the gold rush yeah, days. Yeah. We've been absolutely pilfered. Who's the only people not benefiting from? That's right. The individuals in the classroom yeah. doing the darn job are the they ones can, they that. Can squeeze out, and yeah. should we dare? How dare we ask for more money? How dare we ask for more money? How do you think you are, you greedy teacher? And that's what the right wing media would do to us. Teachers, you've got it so easy. You've got a big fat pension. No, you don't. Because you've got to stay in the teaching now to several. You're talking about the pension age being seventy-one. Oh come on. Absolutely, completely unacceptable. So that's next week. We'll look at the PFI situation in more detail. Hopefully, we can get somebody from uh, who's who's been involved in yeah, that. It'd, it'd, be, it'd be nice to kind mm. of get. A, and I understand from from the reports that um, she was doing in the week that this is another thing that kind of dovetails into this that they've had these a lot of these heads about to sign these non-disclosure agreements with. Um, yeah, so it's really difficult to get that information out. Uh, when it should be really transparent. So hopefully, again, because of good journalism, that might kind of force some people or feel they can be... Do you know my experience with non-disclosure agreements? It is related. Um, Are you married a celebrity? No. Um, (laughs) I I started campaigning on environmental issues a long time ago, and one one of the issues, obviously, was high-speed rail, which Mm. which was going to come through my community and completely destroy 184 homes and 1,000 people Mm. uh, were going to lose their jobs over an eight-year period. That's that's going really well, isn't it? Yeah, that's going really well. The parallels with that and, and many other scandals we're seeing in the public sector is absolutely disgusting. And and again, the, the chairman of HS2 was on 650 grand plus bonuses and he couldn't keep to a budget. But yet he walked away with 650 grand, the highest paid public servant. Again, the pattern I see with that is quite simply, where was the accountability there? 
We've seen contracts going left, right, and center. We call VIP fastening. It is absolutely the wild west for some individuals because you know what they looked at? They thought it's easy money, it's government money, it's public sector. We can do what we want. Lack of accountability, same as the post office. And again, you see the ordinary post office worker hasn't benefited from the privatization. And again, it's us, uh, the shop floor. Call us what we want, but we are the vulcrum of what makes schools work, the teachers. Our pay has been frozen, we have suffered austerity, we have not been supported, and yet if we dare ask for a pay rise, it is then greeted with, you've never had it so good. Um, 100 billion taxpayers in four years since 2000, since 2019, 100 billion pounds has been wasted, misappropriated, lost, PPE, the, the amount of money that is... lawsuits? Well, it, it, would be, it would be two billion to solve the doctor strike. Yeah. Two billion to uplift the doctor's wages. And I, keep, and, and I often say this, and this is how it goes, the, the central part of money that goes towards teachers' wages comes from the government, correct? And therefore, we pay... <laughs> you're going to like this. We pay as much tax as the billionaire prime minister. Mm. A teacher is paying the same percentage of tax than one of the wealthiest people in the country who's currently our prime minister. So he pays the same as us. Yeah. We would ask for MPs in the same period of MPs pay since 2010. They've been an independent pay review body. Their pay has gone up by 28%. My personally has declined by 26%. Yeah. There's nearly a 50% differential between an MP's pay and my pay. Mm. They're talking about raising £30,000 as a big thing yeah. for a teacher to earn in their first yeah. year. I did the calculations when I started teaching in 2003 to the wage then, £18,000 it was. And I now looked at inflation. If I was to start again now, that £18,000 would be nearly double. It'd be 35 to £36,000. So there's the government talking about we're going to uplift. And yet, here's the other side of that. If I was to buy a house in 2003, to buying a house now, yeah. If I was looking at rents in 2003, if I was looking at a used car market, if I'm a new teacher and I'm buying myself with clothes and I'm kidding myself out for a teacher, I've got higher rent costs, I've got higher mm. fuel costs, I've got higher um, transportation costs, so we started on rail tickets, that's going up. Everything around us, the cost of living's going up. But yet there is that government saying, oh yeah. So, so, look, you, so your question there is, can someone afford to be a teacher? Mm. I mean, I, I guess it shouldn't have to be a question. Yeah. It should be you are a professional. You are somebody we value because your profession is a valuable profession. And here is the starting salary. But it just shows you, again, how they've manipulated those figures to make it look as if, look, we're going to start teachers on 30 grand. That's less in real terms, double real terms. It's less actually physically when you take into account inflation in the last 20 years that I've been teaching. So they're actually boasting that they are going to, well, look, we've raised the starting salary of teachers. No, you haven't. You haven't because it's less than what I started on. And when I started, I also started. <laughs> Any younger teachers, please don't hate me. Please don't switch off. My debt for my university years was exponentially a lot less. I can tell you now, I'm, I'm not going to hide it. I had five student loans my five years at university. Five student loans. So to get you and I to master's level, because you and I got the master's level, right? So I've got a master's in education. I've got a PH, PGCE and a BSc in, in human geography. So those three degrees, the total cost for me was £11,500. Good value. Really good value. I got no tuition fees charged. And 
In the meantime, I got to travel around the world. I worked at Sydney Olympic Games and had two summers in America. I think I calculated 32 days in a row on my first year at university that I was out. Oh, I also had a part-time job, um, which was interesting. I had a part-time job on top of getting a grant, no tuition fees and access to a student loan. I think I was poor mm. when I started teaching compared to what I was as a, t- as a student. But I was a working class kid mm. and going to university was actually a good thing. And then starting teaching for me as a working class kid was a good thing. I'm looking at a version of me coming behind now and saying to myself, would I A, go into teaching? Because would I be in 50 or 60 grand? I've, I've worked it out. I would be probably 60 to 70 grand in debt before I start in a job, which is only five to six grand less. Plus, yeah. when would I be able to afford a house? Because yeah, yeah. my rent costs would go up and I wouldn't have be able to pay, pay a mortgage. Yeah, but you, know the, <laughs> you, know, you know the reason why? Or, or the avocado and toast. I don't like avocados. <laughs> that's what the young people have, and that's why. Who's, where did that come from, avocado <laughs> and toast? I don't know. But that's the reason. That's, that's, that's I mean, what seriously. They... First of all, young people don't like the carbs. They don't like the toast. And second of all, avocado, <laughs> avocados are environmentally terrible. They take up a lot of water. Right, but, can I take you back then? Because... Um, we went, we went through the kind of strikes. Uh, yeah. That was the, 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 the headline argument there was around pay. Yeah. Uh, we stopped the strikes. The NEU negotiated and the, the trade unions negotiated a deal with the government. Yeah. 6.5%. Yeah. Lower than Scotland. We're but, currently 17% lower than Scotland. Yeah. So for so, five so, years, yeah. we are 17% lower than Scotland. I don't know what England has done. Yeah. Well, so, so that, that's, that's, going, that's going to be my question because obviously... You know, you 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 don't mind me saying you are a union rep as well. Oh, I am a union. Rep, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, 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 according to Tom and Tom and the Arthur Scargill of of, of, of Future Talk Radio. Yeah. So, do you, do you think then, looking back, mm. that was a mistake? Yeah, I have literally said that. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm never one to lie. I'm into my words. I I had a conversation with with Daniel Kebedy face to face. First time I met Daniel, and one of the first face to face conversation was. Why? So we're actually in a lift at the time. Mm. And uh, why? Why did it stop? Why did it stop? Mm. And his take was, it was in, in the room, it was felt that there was, there was fatigue. There was strike fatigue. And they didn't want to end up in the situation that the junior doctors are in. Mm. And if you actually look at the junior doctors, the government was playing hardball and saying, that's it, we're done. That's all, you, all you're getting. It's hard to make a judgment when you're not in the room. You don't know all the facts. I get that. Um, personally speaking, I, thought, I felt we had momentum. I felt we had the NASUWT join us. I felt we had the head teachers union join us. I actually felt there was a glorious moment where the whole teaching profession was standing as one. I was so proud of, of my profession during those strikes. So proud of some of my colleagues, people who would never in never in a million years thought I would see on a picket line or, you know, supporting us. And that was the thing. And and it was done very professionally. My head teacher was phenomenal. There was a lovely feeling of solidarity and that's the thing unions always talk about is the solidarity you know the collective action and the idea of standing together with people in the teaching profession that's one of the reasons why i'm a proud union man because solidarity i i I feel very strongly at our profession i feel very strongly about defending the profession and i get very angry when people attack us because they're attacking me attacking my colleagues they're attacking the job that we do and I think we're a noble profession who's undervalued. Yeah, you know, teachers have a little moan about things. And, you know, sometimes we are, we forget some of the positive things about our job. Yes, absolutely. But everybody has that. You go into any profession, talk to the police and talk to you know, anybody in the NHS. 
we all have our little moments, mm. but at the heart of it, you know, I can look at my colleagues straight in the face and say, these guys are committed. Mm. And I, I tell you what, in the last couple of years, we've definitely seen who's committed because the people who are currently left in education, <laughs> <laughs> you know, fair enough. You are wearing the scars. I mean, we're, 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 we're doing mad max at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we just take the opportunity to open up the floor? Um, you know, do you feel that last year went well? Do you think that the pay decisions were correct? Do you think that we should have held out for more? Do you think we kind of showed our cards too too early? You know, has anyone got any kind of opinions on this? They would like to, you know, just put your hand up or you send know, us a message. Send us a message if you if you want to kind of get involved, um, because I think that's a good start point, isn't it, of, of where we are now with pay before we kind of go any further in terms of thinking about how we can maybe negotiate. Well, I mean, the, the thing maybe. is, is that March, there is definitely the next round of um, indicative sampling. In other words, the union is, is, is looking at the indicative ballot, which is the kind of, if you were um, wanting to strike, re respond, and they do that um, electronically. So there is definitely going to be um, another round. Now, unions are, are tapping up their, their, their reps, they're, they're, they're building the case, they're, you know, they're talking to a lot of people about, you know, let's go again. Um, and certainly, you know, I'm going to have to, as a union rep, like every other, you know, have that meeting with my members and go, right, guys, here we're at. Here's the current situation. Here's the current state of play. But you can imagine how that's going to go down in some schools when they're like, we're in debt. Mm. So here's, here's, here's your conversation. We're in debt as a trust. Yep. We're in debt as a trust. And, and we find out we're not alone. A lot of schools are in debt. But then you have that, hold on a second here, I didn't put you in debt. Mm. I'm not the cause of your debt. Why should I have to suffer my own personal? I've got two children. I've got a mortgage. I've got a life. I've, I've got to retire at a certain stage. Why am I giving up? If I Let's put my other hat on. Let's put my, I'm a worker hat on. Yes. Let's put, a, let's put a, I have bills that are rising. You know, as they said, you know, during the, the, the COVID thing, the NHS, the NHS guy said they knew it was coming and that you can't, Go to the, he can't go to the um the checkout with a clap and say thanks very much for your appreciation, but will that pay for my groceries? Same as us teachers, we can't go to our parents and say any chance of you know any chance of a tip. Now, don't get me wrong, I actually think that we miss a lot of tricks within education that we um we give up. I think we give up too much for free, and I send you going into this. Um, I can understand why people start opening private practices. I can understand why people start doing private tuition. You you have a child or a parent's going to pay you fifty or sixty quid an hour. To sit with one child who wants to learn and you're like well why wouldn't you yeah. I, I, and that's I, I get now why some people are doing that however I also see the others the grifters who are like consultancy fees you know the guys who interpret the will of offset and tour around <laughs> the schools who are in those consultancy the fees great interpreters. get them out <laughs> get rid of them sure oh, don't I'm, they they're they're Absolute parasite on the education system. Absolute parasites. How much do they charge? For what? To just interpret the will of an organization. It's like trying to trying to move the goalposts. No, no, no. That, that, that's one of the things that's gone monumentally wrong is the privatization of education and the literally opening up to education to every man, this dog with every every sort of new idea in education. And even, you know, electronic fads. Here's a new app for us. Great, fantastic. How much does that cost? Oh, yeah. You know, we see it with the PFIs. Stop. Because it's not fair that everybody else seems to be making money and everybody else seems to be getting ahead and everybody else seems to be getting rewarded. And it's not that we're greedy. 
But why should we always take the hit? Why should we always be why should we always be last in the queue? Why should we be the bottom feeders? Why should the trickle down economics be that we get the trickle down? Mm. When really we're the ones at the front doing the actual job day to day, taking the hits, doing the thing that needs to be done. The actual people who are the most important in education seem to be last and yet seem to get the most criticism for daring, daring to stand up for themselves or daring to ask for a pay rise. But here's the problem. You're going to have this contradiction because inside me is that guy who wouldn't charge children tuition. Yeah. I'd stay behind and, and, and give up my time freely. But am I a mug? Am I an idiot? Am I a guy who's giving up a free service when everybody else is saying, you know, and you hear that, you know, I was told by my dad, who, who, was, a, who was a plasterer, who earned next to no money to go into education. I was promoted to go into education and get myself educated with the premise that getting myself an education, put myself to university, that I would be rewarded. What am I getting now? People are almost laughing at you saying to yourself, I earn more money than you teachers. Yeah. We're being humiliated. We are literally being laughed at and humiliated. Even the kids are like, how much do you earn, sir? Well, my uncle left school with no job. You know, you know, we're literally being insulted by people who are making absolute fortunes and then said, aren't you an idiot for going to university? If you're a young person hearing that and saying to yourself, do I want to go into a profession when in a massive amount of debt to take all those grades? For but, what? But, but those stories, Come on. those stories are always very loud. But they're not, they're not true, are they? If you kind of, if you, if you, if you put it over like every everyone that's, you know, we, we know for example, a good education gives you more chances of earning. Oh, I still believe that. Higher. Well, it's just factually well, true. I still yeah, want to believe that. The data, but there's always people. There's always the guy at the bottom of the gate saying, you know, you don't need this because I've done well, and they they they've forgotten that thing about looking at themselves rather than looking at the collective. Yeah. Um, but just just while you, just while you kind of uh, catch your breath and uh, you know maybe put the uh, blood pressure monitor on a little bit. Oh no, it's right. It's just the two sides of me. The one side of me wants to be the guy who's saying, you know what, stuff this. I've had enough. Pay me what I'm worth. And the other side of me going, oh god, what have you become? What are they doing to you? I'm having this almost kind of war with myself. Of like, even when I put this tweet out for this yeah. show, there's a part of me that it was it was like a Sammy Milcrum's thing yeah. about the, the social norm. I'm not a greedy teacher. I'm not. I'm not a person who went into to be wealthy. Yeah. I think it's it's the insult. It's the constant insult of literally the disrespect. Yeah. And it's just not fair. It's just it's just not yeah. fair. Would well, you want a perk? Because here's a perk of listening to this show. Uh, this show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, uh, publishing uh, professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning. Uh, in schools around the world. And this is the perk, Brent. Listen to the show tonight. You can get 20% off. Look at that. Uh, I got my email this week from John Cat. Okay. Well, you can use the code JCTTR2324 for that 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Um, and there's you. There's one of the great perks of listening to Teacher Talk Radio, isn't it? So visit uh, com to explore a full range of titles and advance your uh, professional development day happy reading we don't seem to get that do we you turn up at like a uh, a pizza restaurant and it says like uh 10 percent off nhs 10 percent oh no no, no, no. i never see teacher uh, never please see. don't cut me off there admin but unions do come with lots of reward schemes as well that's all i'm saying i did check out actually i did i did go to a, a colleague of mine who wears the nicest shirts okay. 
and I have noticed my my um my 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 size has increased exponentially recently. I feel great. My neck size has. I'm struggling to find shirts that fit my my rather stocky exterior. It's because so, you, it's because of your man shuffle. It's uh, it's the tie. Yeah, it's yeah. twenty years of wearing a tie has weighed me down. You know, <laughs> it's just pumped. It's just pumped. It's, it's, just, just, it's, just, it's just holding the tie. I've got the neck. I've got. The, I think I've got the neck muscles of of, of a prop forward. You know, mm. um. But so it means that I, I struggle to get shirts to fit my rather. Weird body shape. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Small and stocky, and uh, but he says, "Hey, this is you know this 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 uh, this this outlet," and he hands me the brochure. I'm like, oh "My God, look at the price of them!" Well, I discovered they're fifteen percent discount. I'll have a go at that. So yes, that was one recently as well. I'm um, going back. Yeah, then, right. Yeah, this is the other thing as well. We have the Jersey teachers' pay dispute ends with acceptance of latest offer. So the NDU have accepted an eight percent pay rise in Jersey and a one percent for next year. So that's nine percent over two years. Yeah. So it's 1.5 higher than... Plus a payment of one and a half grand. Yeah. We've heard that Scotland's pay rise is 17% more on average now in the last five years than England. Northern Ireland have just um, suspended their strikes because after the peace dividend of sorting out their political problems, <laughs> for the moment, <laughs> we say, um, three and a half billion has been pumped in and there was they're going to pump some of that into the public sector to especially towards teachers. We'll keep an eye on that. So there's going to be a pay rise in Northern Ireland, and rightly so, they're well below even even England. So when you rank it in this order, there's a definite, and Nathan could tell us what the situation in Wales, I think Wales is slightly better than England. England's bottom of the pay charts and that. And yet, if you look at the cost of living, which is the most expensive place to live in? Well, in, in England. England or Scotland? England. Right. Yeah. And yet, Scottish teachers are paid more. Yeah. So let me get this straight. That's another double whammy. They're seventy percent better off. Yeah, but there's, there's, you, you, you know, if you, if you spend any time in Scotland, and I'm part yeah, I know it's colder. So that, but that well, is no, that no, cold well, water, no, cold no, winter payments. Is that because it rains in Scotland more? I'm saying that there is a definite difference in the societal value of schools in. Uh, oh, you mean the government in Scotland's a little bit more no, towards no, just, one direction? Just in terms of the of the conversations that you have, like we were in Glasgow and we were just on we were on a tour. And I'm, I, I, you wouldn't go around London. They wouldn't say, "Oh, and this is the university of such and such. This is the school of such and such." Whereas the open top bus in Glasgow is going. This is where such and such was educated. It was. It seemed to be very, very. Are you much. trying to say the Scottish people are a little bit more educated than the English people? I'm, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying oh. that they're prouder of their heritage. I'd agree with that. I mean, we actually look at sciences. You look at Adam Smith. Yeah, you yeah, look yeah. at the, 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 the Siemens. They, yeah, they, yeah. they celebrate education, learning. Well, I, they do do they do in Ireland. I, I, I'll be honest with you. There's a definite value in, in in that as well. But England is the wealthier part of the United Kingdom. You'd expect that the wealthier part of the United Kingdom would have wealthier wages, mm. but they don't. So you have a double system there. You have a cheaper part of the United Kingdom where it's cheaper to live, cost of living is lower, has actually got better pay. And if you look at the pay scales in Scotland as well, you know they go quicker up the pay scales. So you have this two-tiered system. I'm sorry, we were all in together. We in the United Kingdom. What happened to that? <laughs> so why is England different? Why, why, why is why especially parts of England where it's even more expensive? Yes, London gets a, yeah. a, a bit, London gets a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 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 is that is that not part of the negotiators' problem? Why, 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 why was that allowed? I mean, you talk, you talk about we weren't sorry to use the Hamilton phrase, we weren't in the room where it happened. But what why would that be the case? Why has that why has that been allowed to happen? If that deal has already been done in Scotland, because Scotland got the first deal. Yeah. So why why couldn't they use that as the power to come back to the English 
Yes. Well, Jersey is a separate system, so there's Jersey negotiating there. There is separate for Scotland, separate for Wales, separate for Northern Ireland. So, but this is meant to be one United Kingdom. It's just, look, the money comes we out of national curriculum. I'm, I'm sorry, but we do we pay? Go back to it. Do we pay the same amount of tax? Yes. Right. So we pay the same amount of tax. Oh, even better than that. That means that the tax and national insurance yeah. also hits us harder. We're in yeah, no, yeah, yeah. we're in lower wages, yeah. right? There's another one. Yeah. We're in lower wages, right? Yeah. So national insurance and tax is going to hit us more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great! Especially national I, insurance. I, mean, I, I understand the, your principal argument, but that's it's not quite the case. The United Kingdom isn't necessarily as united as it said because well, it, you're telling well, me. Well, 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 it's literally devolved, isn't it? I mean, there there are there are devolved powers. And it's, it's all, it has, has been the case, certainly since the late 90s, where the devolved powers have had the ability to you know, set different um, policies around education. Well, I think there is a dem- democrat. Look, there, there, is, there is a bigger issue there of constitutionally. There is a democratic, yeah, there is a demo- democratic deficit when it comes to England, I think. Dare I say it, it's a different conversation from a completely different time. And, and Tom yeah. H.B., when I could have this conversation, but I think England does need its own parliament. And, and that's well overdue because yes, so this is this is but this is council or something. Well, this is one of those things that again, go back to the regionalism. There's definitely a rise in, in you know, does Andy Burnham, the King of the North, do something about you know that? That, that certainly they're looking at devolved powers within the and, and these elected mayors. Is, is, is that one of those things? But then again, here's the other side of that: is that not the, the, these national policies towards pay anyway? Your trust, <laughs> which brings us to this, your trust can ignore them. Yes. Yeah. Your trust can just turn around and say, oh, I'm sorry, we're not passing on. That's the other thing people don't realise. Your trust can turn around and say, we're not going to give you M1 to M6. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I understand this, but we know from a local hospital, don't we? Yeah. Uh, that they had this all this bombast, and we had this conversation about a school, I can't remember where it was, in Cambridge, I think. Are you quitting, Tom? I, I just heard the words English Parliament, and I wanted <laughs> to... Um, and I wanted to just come on for two minutes before I leave and um, just recoil in horror at the thought of England getting a second parliament um, in addition to its current first parliament. Well, I, I, I corrected on council. Would that be better? I beg your pardon? Some kind of way is like have to have an English council to, to just, just to kind of deal with things like education and health. That are... But that's what Westminster is. Oh, well, <laughs> it's not doing a good job. But but my point is, it's not doing. It's doing. A, Scotland's doing a good job. Region Scotland. regional assemblies. Give me a Yorkshire assembly. Give me a yeah, Cornish yeah. assembly. Fantastic. That's kind. Of, is that what the metro mayors are? And that's that's what, what I was not, suggesting. That might be the way around. That your your elected mayors and your your regional. But there is. They didn't want to. No, but no, but no, first of all, nobody in England wants an English Parliament. So. That it's quite so weird, we Irish, but, <laughs> weird an Irishman's proposing an English parliament for an English people. We've got, we've got an Irishman and an Irish Scotsman asking for a, uh, an a English parliament. parliament. <laughs> There's a joke there. <laughs> There's a definite irony in this, isn't there? But no, that, that's my sort of point, is that the Scottish government seemed to look, and that was Adam's point, is that because there is devolution there in Scotland, they've looked at individually how they rate their teachers. And as a result, Scotland is, there's a massive differential between Scottish wages and English wages, which you want, a, you want a federal system, then, don't you? Yeah, uh, but you'd, you'd want a federal system. But even within that federal system, you, no disrespect to Scotland, the actual wage should be the other way around. Because 
same as the London scenario. You, you know, the London wage is rightly so higher because yeah, you know, so, in we know that. I- but... Ignoring for a second the inner and outer London wages, do you believe that a teacher in Manchester should be able to be paid more or less than a teacher in Newcastle? Like, yes. assuming really, here that they're both working in maintain local maintain maintained schools, which a lot of schools aren't these days, and they're both I don't know five years into teaching and they've not had any problems with appraisal. Should should Newcastle be able to pay its teachers more than Liverpool? Well, well I, think, I, think part, I think that's part of the, the conversation that we're going to have. Is everything up for negotiation? For example, if you're in a underperforming school should you be paid more than somebody in a high performing school yeah exactly but, but you you know manchester's london of the north i've got friends in manchester try and buy property the cost of living in manchester is now starting to it's almost like a separate economy up yeah. there it's, it's almost mm-hmm. like another um you know the, the, the london of the north mm-hmm. and it's sucking in from the wider areas so if you live in a certain certain of manchester certain postcodes in manchester it's exceptionally hard yeah to 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 live there because the cost of living is that very high and i know i've got my best friends in stockport and it took them years to be able to buy up there because it's, it's again it's it's that kind of cost of living that, that they are whereas if you go outside manchester you go in you know like outlying areas it starts to change very very quickly doesn't it same as yorkshire leeds bradford is very you know it's parts of that's very expensive then you go but that's just the thing you, you we're, we're trying to say, say is that we already have that system because we already recognize that london and the outer and inner london that to you you have a situation where you cannot survive on a normal on a teaching side but even that in itself i think that's even lower than it should be because you look at the cost of living in london there's a couple of grand difference between a, a teacher wage outside london than in london i don't think that's even in well, 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 nowhere near well, enough well the house price is uh, massively different well, cardboard box cost you half yeah. a million probably yeah. you know it's, it's that's the, that's yeah, that, thanks, that's Tom. the point yeah thanks yeah so, so i think i think there's a whole opens up a whole raft of conversations there doesn't it about pay Location, well, yeah. I think we're arguing there that if you are in a kind of more expensive area, you should be asking for you know more. There should be an increase in pay there. But what about that question about whether the job is a bit more challenging in certain places than in other places? I mean, is that something to consider with pay as well? Well, I suppose the thing is, we've got to have to start having these awkward conversations, yeah. and those awkward conversations are going to be we have the right to stand up for our labour. And we haven't. We've sort of assumed that the guys in charge are going to just turn around and get us. Same as our trust level, the same at regional level, and the same even in your own school level, is that, what am I worth? What are we worth? If I look at my friends who work in, in one of the schools in the centre of Derby, they have massive SEND requirements. Yep. They have huge English additional language requirements. Uh, they have a uh, travelling communities that kind of come in and out of the school. Their job is extremely difficult because they have a transit kind of community that comes in and out of their year groups, classrooms, and stuff like that. They do an incredible job mm. with those with those students. You know that is a lot different to what I have to do. You know, however, should I'm, I'm not saying I should be paid less, but I'm saying should they be paid more for 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 the extra work that they've got to do to make their lessons different completely you know uh, what they call it it's not differentiation adaptive yeah i got told off the other day about that <laughs> yes, I, a... I used the differentiated well, word and was told <laughs> and i was like when did that change yeah. when, when did that memo when did i not get the memo 
I didn't get the memo on that. I didn't get the memo on that. I'm still doing some few and many. I mean, I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm still 2010. Awesome, I'm, I'm still I'm still I'm still doing VAK. Oh, and, you got your visual learning. Oh man, I, I, a three part lesson, right? Stop, I, stop. Know. We've got to keep kinesthetic learning. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just about to do my plenary with the last two minutes. Yeah. Of my, I always get told off my plenary being two minutes, and I think it's me. You're lucky you got two minutes. Yeah. To be honest. So, so all I'm all I'm saying is, is there's there's incredible teachers that are, yeah. are working in very different. Is the is the context that you're working in should that be related in your pay? I, th- I th- we'll take performance management. I, this is, goes back to performance management. What value added? What do you offer? What skill set do you have? You look at all those teachers who are. You look at all those teachers who are doing all of those extra little jobs. You know, I'm t- I taught physics last year. Should I turn around and say, you know what? I- I'll teach you physics next year. I'll 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 save you. I'll save the school money in recruiting another physics teachers if you can a what increase my wage or if not increase my wage. What can you do for me? Because I worked, I've got an economics degree. Understand demand and supply, <laughs> and I don't think we're applying the demand and supply curve in any way, shape, or form in education. They do in banking. Oh my God, they do. They do in other spheres of influence, yeah. and that's the thing. We can't, we can't change the society we're in. We're, we're we're trying to educate the children for it, but we're being. I'm saying, and this is me included, and and I'm, I'm, I'm having to go at myself. Are we naive? Yeah. Are we being taken advantage of? Are we not playing the game? Because the other one is, I've stayed at a school for twenty years. I could have left my other, my school and gone and did the jumping around and then getting promoted, right? I didn't do that. I, I'd invested myself in a community because I care. And I, I probably sacrificed stuff doing that because I care, right? It's my choice. I did that. Somebody following behind me now is going to say to themselves, especially if you're a physics or maths teacher, I'll stay at school for two or three years. I'm going to go for it. If, 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 if you're lucky. All right. And I'll have a look. I'll have a look at the job market. Yeah. Okay. I'll look at the job market. I'll look at the school. Ooh. How much are they paying? Oh, how much is the golden hello? How much is the retainer? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there are people doing that. And, 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 and I'm not... Criti- and exactly. Yeah. I'm not criticising them. But this is the model we've got. But is that going to be sustainable? And equally, is that fair? And then, if you aren't doing that, you've got to say to yourself... Why am I not doing that? Yeah. Now, everybody starts doing that. What you're going to have is basically people moving jobs every once in a while. You're going to have that market, market mm-hmm. in education. Now, you know, I both know, you need to see an exam class through a couple of years. You need to sometimes be there for a period of time. Kids need to trust you, right? Kids, I, I talked a child down today after a situation. I've known the child since year seven. If I didn't know that child and have some buy-in, that situation may not have been rescued. Mm-hmm. Another member of staff who's only there since last year who's going to leave next year how invested are they when they when they you know i build a curriculum like a history curriculum knowing i've got these children coming in at year seven and already i've had the children say to me i remember doing that in year eight and i'm going yes good because i designed this that you would remember this in year 11 that i've done it in year eight but if i'm not going to stay that long Mm. and i know i'm going to be out of here in two or three years i'm just going to clock in clock out and the best part of teaching aren't clocking in and clocking so, out, are they? So are you, are you saying that at the point of that person leaving, the head teachers should be stepping in, a bit like businesses, and thinking about kind of what they can offer that person? But what, what is in their toolkit? And that's maybe a question out there, if you know that. But what, what is in a head teacher's a governing body's kind of toolkit to actually do this? Have they got the funds, the CPD, the... the uh, training, the development, the financial the package, yeah, the package, the clear career path. Yeah, ha- have they got all that in place? And yeah. again, it could be 
that you're in a school where the head teacher is only there for 18 months, two I, years. I always, I always like comparing football teams yeah, to this, yeah. right? And I was looking the other day at the average no, amount of time that a player stays at a football team. And I think Chelsea's... I can imagine you've been like a Paul Scholes. The longest serving player you at Chelsea. Paul Scholes. No, yeah, uh, well, <laughs> do you know, uh, the other Tom, Tom, Tom actually said that to him in my first ever time on Twitch Talk Radio. He says, I would have a Stephen Jarrett, one, awesome. one, <laughs> a, a one, one club man. <laughs> I, might, I might go to America for the money. All right, hey, go to Saudi Arabia for the money. Hmm, interesting. We did a show on that. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, right, I... You've, you've taken me off my train of thought there. <laughs> football, average... And Chelsea, the longest-serving Chelsea footballer is four years. Yeah. They're, they're all in eight-year contracts. <laughs> they never have a... All, no, about, all about the managers. Well, managers yeah, work, yeah, so. well, so you go there, right? You make your money, and, and then you say, right, I've done a job for a while. Shall I go somewhere? You, you take that model. You, you know, Kylian Mbappe is going to charge, what, half a million quid a week? Yeah. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I am not comparing myself to Kylian Mbappe. <laughs> I was quick in my time, but I was nowhere near as good as Kylian But he's got a commodity. He's, he, he's in demand. He's got a skill set. He's a talented individual. Am I not a talented individual? Am I looking at some of my colleagues and saying, am I not a talented so, sorry, individual? They, to also, they can go and watch you play on a Friday night. So really they can go watch me play on Friday night. Test, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I, I still good, good to see 1970s violence on the pitch as well. Well, <laughs> well, I'm saying after a hard week of watching children tear strips of each other, that was quite interesting. That's the you are, Graham Sooners. No. My, my hero growing up was Ronnie Whelan. My hero was Ronnie Whelan, a box-to-box midfielder with a hard <laughs> goal, yeah. So we've had, we've had a message, actually, just to have a check. Um, so, yeah, that's my point, is that you, you say, if you're going to have that model and we all want to, to sort of move around a little bit more and, and we sort of want to sort of say, well, let, let's move a little bit more, let's sort of negotiate better pay, that will completely, for me, then, change the nature of education and teaching. However, I don't blame people for doing that, and that's... That's where I find myself contradicting myself <laughs> in this tonight. Because do teachers, that's the question, do pe- teachers have more power? Should we do it? Should we just bite the bullet and say, you know what, we've taken 13, 14 years of austerity, we're done. It's, it's sorry, but maybe the social contract is broken and it's every person for themselves. And I, and, and I can't believe me is saying this, but do we just say, you know what, fine. That's the way you want it. That's what you're going to yeah. get. And I'm going to have after number one. Yeah. Because maybe that's what the government wants. Maybe this is the way they're doing it. So they're doing it with every other yeah. service. But if we're fighting a rear guard action, and, and I'm a union man through and through, I do think that we are, so, so, we're so, losing. We're losing. We're, we're losing. And I think we're at the vanguard about to be replaced. Because the time they get AI in, the time they deprofessionalize our profession, I'm going to be sitting hanging in there watching some 16-year-old telling another 16-year-old to be quiet. And probably walking in and saying, you know, there's a 17, 18 year old apprentice doing a job that was done by a person with 30 years experience. Yeah. Is that where we're headed? Well, I'll be the AI consultant in the room. Yeah. Well. <laughs> the, so what would what would you like, like the pay for? Like, for example, you've talked before about kind of doing an exam intervention. Yeah. Is that something that should be extra? Should, should, should that be paid for? Like the analogy of the driving instructor right yeah. we go on school trips do we ever charge for them not not for us no we don't charge yeah. for school trips but we're, we're, we're we take kids on school trips we, yeah. ne- we never charge them number one number two um so, so, so is that do that... we clock off to clock on clock off no no number two number three um when we do interventions we do after school sessions we do revision sessions do we ever charge for them 
No. Right. However, we did get COVID money last year. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I did do interventions, and I was told, look, you do interventions anyway, you might as well get take some of that COVID money, yeah. and we can give you, and same as I did interventions during um, the half term, and also Easter, which I do anyway, but it, it's my choice, I do that, it's my choice, and I actually even go, go as far as buying the kids a 50 quid Domino's pizza, so I get, and the pr- kids look at me and they go, right, you know, you're getting the pizza, and some parents refuse to accept, they say, no, I'll do that, as long as they come in under one condition, that they appreciate what I'm doing. Yeah. And I get the buy-in. Because when I ask something from those children, they're doing it for the giver. And some of the kids have even said that it's good that you care. So I don't mind doing that. However, for the kids, but I'm having that thought to myself, am I a mug? Am I an idiot? Why am I doing that? Am I, the, you know, and I don't think I'm the only one. There's other people that do that. But it was nice to get something back through that and have, when I looked at my pay packet, which I lost eight days for strike days. And actually I didn't lose in a certain aspect because those interventions were actually then paid. Mm-hmm. So I didn't lose money on the strike action because that interventions I would have done anyway was actually then compensated. And I did not do the interventions to get that money. It just so happens that was a way for them to spread that COVID money around and say, well, he's actually doing these interventions. We might as well reimburse him for that. But of course that stopped now and I'm still doing interventions. If I was to charge those children for my time, I've actually had children say that. It's like, what would you charge? You go to university. There are people at university paying 9,000 pounds to university. Mm-hmm. And I think some of us in education are as just as good as a lecturer at university. In fact, we make sometimes more of a difference to these children's lives than somebody, no disrespect to lecturers, not having to go, different sector, I get it. But we actually have the amount of input we have into these children and that difference that we make to them. And yet universities will charge how much for how much? Nine grand. For what? A couple of hours a week. And yeah, I yeah, come on. Yeah, it's, 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 it's harder and it's getting harder and harder to justify, isn't it? But how much does how much does a driving instructor charge per driving instructor? How much does somebody yeah. charge for karate what lessons? What the about? piano lessons, the, the music lessons. How much does private tuition cost? Hmm. And yet there is me providing that at no cost. And even better than that, I will feed the children as well. And don't get me wrong, they appreciate it as part of you know, part of me helping them out because they are de-stressing them. But I have to say to myself, why am I doing that? What, what am I getting from that? What I get from that, I get, it, I get it back from the kids. And I build a relationship with them. And I build a really positive relationship with them. When I ask them to do really difficult work, they trust me. And that makes my life in the classroom a lot easier, which helps me sustain my teaching career a lot longer. In a sense, I'm not as fatigued to say some others who are fighting the children because I don't have to fight my GCSE classes. Because even the kids will turn and say, Actually, Sir's all right. You know, he cares. He he works hard with us. But I put that shift in. I earned that. Mm. But I'm also paying for that because the cost then is I'm not seeing my kids in half term all the time. Yeah. I am staying behind after school and I look and see others leaving. And I go, am I the mug? Why don't I ask? Yeah. What? But here's the thing. Why don't I be cheeky? Yeah. And, why do, and I find myself... Well, being, well, you, well you, t- you tell me why, why, why don't you? Because yeah. I feel guilty. Yeah. I'd feel guilty. Mm. I would feel guilty. You know why I'd feel guilty? Because I know the financial state of our school. Yeah. I know the financial state of our education system. Mm. And the good guy in me is going, why would I take more money out of the pot? And that's yeah. not, that's the problem. Same as the NHS. They've got us. They've got us who are working in these sectors, busting a gut, doing the right thing and being the good guys. While the guy in charge pays 22%, it's taking the proverbial out of us. And what winds me up more than anything else, instead of turning around and saying, 
you know what? Thanks yeah. very much. Thanks well, very well, much. Yeah, I mean, Thanks I mean, very much for what you did during those yeah. lost already. Thanks very yeah. much for what you did during COVID. Thanks very much for your continued hard work. You know what? Here's a little bit of a pay rise because we acknowledge that's it. That's all you want. Well, it's not, it's not necessarily want. about one person's kind of pay, is it? The whole system's set up not to give education the the money it deserves. For example, we know that they've just wasted, you know, hundred hundred billion, just like just like that. So that that money was always there, wasn't it? So it's it's, it's never been true. The austerity lie has never been there, has it? It's never been factually true. A thir- 30, 30, a 30 in the economic terms has yeah. always been a policy. Yeah, that is a political decision, yeah. not an there's economic always, decision. There's always the money, isn't there? There's always yeah. been and always yeah. will be the money. And this, that was the irony, wasn't there, with the Theresa May election when she started talking about the money tree. Well, actually... It's a money forest. For some people, it is there. It's not a money yeah, tree. Yeah, it's yeah, a money yeah, Amazon. Yeah, it's a money Amazon. It can, it can be there. And it has been there when, when required. The Bank of England yeah. can print more money with quantitative easing, but they can also write off their own debt. Yeah, we're two and a half trillion in debt. Yeah, we're, we, we, we own our own currency, so we, we can exactly. do what we want. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that, that narrative... Make a choice. That narrative, choice. that narrative yeah. of there is no money is a fallacy. Yeah. Because there is money and was money as proven. Yeah. And I think that's where people have realised Hold on a second. And that makes me think, you know what? The concerns of budgets of schools aren't my concern. That's out of my control. What's in my control is to ensure that I am paid what I think I am worth and also what my colleagues are worth. So it does come down to it. I'm winning the argument myself of saying, yes, I have to be cheekier. Yes, I've got to be more proactive in this. And and we have to say to ourselves, it's not fair enough. It's enough now. Which means, and, and yes, I am on that side of, of, of standing up for workers' rights because I am that guy. And I do appreciate why people have left the teaching profession because the financial, I get it. But we have to stand, we have to, we have to stand up for it. We have to be a bit cheekier now. We've got to be a little bit more savvy about it. We've got, to, we've got to have these awkward questions with people and saying, are we giving up our services too much for free? And equally, I think, I'm going to say it, parents. I, was, I, showed, I showed a video to, to, to my children the other day and I was, I was showing a video of a child in, in, in India who's working as a child labourer. And it's one of those, I've used this video, teachers, teacher's TV, not teacher's talk TV, but teacher's TV. It's an old one, citizenship one. And I was doing the Industrial Revolution and child labour. And I said, right, okay, there's child labour. There's, there's Peggy the Pauper working in Arkwright's Mill in Manchester in 1799. How difficult her life was. She was grateful for the work. And then I'm kind of paralleling with a child in India making glass bangles with his hands being burnt to a crisp. And there's a glorious moment when that child turns around and goes, I'd love to go to school. And I'm looking at 13 years old kids and he's 13 years old. And oh, I'm, I'm laying it all thick to them. You come to school without a pen. You come to school, they go to school, they have to bring the pen with them. You come to school, we give you a textbook. They go to school, they have to pay for their textbook. You go to school, you, you get provided an exercise book and you lose it. We are giving far too much for free. Let me just read you something about it. We are, we are, we should be, children vandalize school. They should pay for the school. They don't. I think we're giving far too much away sometimes. And, and one example of that for me is, is that, that which we, we talked about um, before, where am I about, oh, uh, where am I? Oh, there are one of my stories. Uh, oh, nearly there. Yes, universal feel, meals. So here we are. Universal free school meals have been perceived, uh, have received praise for the positive impact on obesity, attainment and, st- and stigma reduction. So universal free school meals is a good thing. Economically, it, it claws a lot of money back. However, there are concerns about the erosion of parental responsibility and the broader societal impacts of such policies. While expanding eligibility for free meals tested and free school meals is important, 
Shifting the burden entirely to schools and the state may have unintended consequences. Studies have shown that the decline in the importance of obedience at home, which affects the performance of students, and the cost of implementing free universal school meals means nationally significant raising questions about the prioritisation of existing service struggles. It's crucial to broaden debate about personal responsibility and consider the long-term impacts of eroding parental norms. That's the thing. The more that we do, the more we do as teachers, the more people expect and the more people take advantage. And there is the problem, is that we have mission creeped. We've, we're victims of our own altruism. I'm a classic example of it. I don't push back enough. I don't stand up for my own wage. I've, I've, I've basically, I didn't get UPS. I didn't even apply. I didn't even know to apply for UPS until two years when I was UPS available. But no, you know, nobody came to me and says, you know what, you're entitled to UPS. Yeah. What did I discover the other day? A colleague of mine who's 11 years in teaching and he's not on the upper pay scale. And I'm going, why are you in the upper pay scale? Oh, well, you know, what do you mean? You know, oh, you know that's your pension. Yeah. I think I mean, a lot I, of us... I wonder how many teachers have never done it because they feel guilty about... They, they keep hearing the stories about budgets and they kind of get panicked. Because we're... Because, because yeah. don't get me wrong, we're not in the breadline. We're not starving. Yeah, yeah. We're okay. But... That's not good enough, is it? You know, that's not fair. We shouldn't just... Well, the, the conversation has been forced upon us by the... Since 2010, not having the any any pay increase at all. So, so it feels like there's been a huge hit on standards of living. Yeah. yeah. I've just got the wild man here. He says, on top of that, yeah, new teachers are not prepared for the work and spend all the time learning to leave because the demand is too high, which is an impact on children. It's a fair point. I mean, I suppose... If I was coming into the teaching profession now, would I feel the same way? I, I've still got the rose-tinted glasses of the good old days, and I've got the established 20 years here, but I, 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 I walked in the room today like Darth Vader, and the kids just went silent. Um, it happens. Whereas my colleague who's struggling, you know, is going to me, how did you do that? And I'm thinking, yeah, it takes a long time and a lot of buy-in, and that's not fair. So, it, you know, it is a difficult profession for people to come in now when, you, when they're asked to do that, but you're right. Is there resilience and stoicism with people coming into the teaching profession? And when they are so much in debt and when they have a different value set, are they coming into education for different reasons than we come into education? Is that is that unru- is that contract broken? Yeah, but it's difficult with it without getting lesser people listening from mm. maybe a different generation sets, maybe Gen Z or Alpha or whatever the kind of where, where is it Alpha now? Is it Alpha? Oh, I've lost yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. Wildman also says, and it's a good point. It's exactly on point of what we're saying. If there are no funds for school. As a governor, we'd love to pay our staff more, but where would we get the money? And there, that's it. Okay. And that's it. You know, who wouldn't want to pay schools more? But when you have well, the, the, the question, the question is back to that. Is it back to that governor? What is the pay structure like in the whole school? Like, is it kind of is there is there more at the top than the bottom? Kind of is, is it have they shifted the M one M two? Is it equitable? You could you got to think about the school. Do they want good quality teachers in there, or do they want a kind of and is and you know we have we, we we've we've seen it in in schools where they've got like a huge bubble at the top of the school. You know. Um, so are you saying that your leadership management team, a bloated leadership management team, well, and, and a well, CEO? Well, it, well, it, well, it can happen, can't it? It, it, it certainly can happen in schools. Uh, you know, and I, so, so it'd be interesting to hear the governor's point of view is how do you stop that happening in the school? Is it happening in the school? How do you stop it happening to ensure that you've got the high quality teachers actually on the front line, actually in front of the children? 
Because all very well keep talking about the rotation of teachers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and to kind of counter that, we know that the same problem's happening at the right at the top as well. The head teachers. There are lots of them are leaving. But that's the same in, yeah. in that's the same in the public sector, yeah. private sector. Yeah. So, you, what, you, so what I'm saying mm. is, 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 there a, is there a middle band that maybe has has not so much kind of a teacher facing mm. role that actually is is that a justified pay? You know, and I, I hate doing this because we, you know, it'd be nice for everybody to get high quality wages with high quality careers and high quality jobs. Mm. But we are we are where we are, and the, one of the issues is look at my own children. You know, they are currently being they, my, one of my daughters has been taught now pretty much all year German by a non German specialist. Love languages now really hates languages because, because, because of, so and, and and that school has you know a huge management structure. Yeah. Now I'm I'm not I'm not you know I'm not I'm not getting involved in their kind of decisions, but it should be interesting from a governor's point of view, you know, what wh why that could be and how do you kind of safeguard against that? I guess two question. and a half support staff when I started in our school. I am losing track now of who's we have attendance officers, behavioural officers, send support, mental health. I'm looking at going like, are we running a school or some sort of drop-in centre? Yeah. Because I am not recognising the but, roles. But, 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 I'm looking at staff yeah. going, you used to be, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of people who used to be TAs yeah. now in safeguarding roles. And I'm going like, what are you, but the number of staff is static. Yeah. The number of staff is actually starting to decrease, which is leading to, ironically, here you go, leading to reports of some schools whacking 90 kids in a class. Mm. This is obscene. Now, if you're that teacher who teaches those 90 kids, are you within your right to go, I tell you what, I'll teach you 90 kids. How much is that worth to you? How much? How much yeah, yeah so, so I'll do this, but I want X pay. And as what we said at the very start of the whole paying conditions thing, I remember Tom Rogers was saying that, and he, he posed that question. Do recall, he did pose this question about was teachers' pay the bigger issue or was it workload? Yeah. And this... So would you trade the PPA? The would you trade the PPA? Yeah. Would you trade something else? So here's another aspect. Because there's more than, more than just money, time is money in a sense that your time is precious, what we're saying about giving up your time, and therefore compensating you for that. Police officers, teachers, and female medics in the public sector are demanding the right to work flexibly. Well, why not? They do it in the private sector. Why can't they do it in the public sector? They make it more like the private sector, then make us more like the private sector. This half in, half out is doing us no good. According to a survey by the Union Unison, 44,000 women found that 30% of their requests for flexible working time had been denied. I don't know about protected characteristics. Yes, that's, like quality, that, yeah. that's hitting very close to that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Well, almost 50% believe that it should be an automatic right. The new flexible working law, which comes into effect April, gives employees the right to request flexible working from the first day of work. However, 25% of women felt that the law did not go far enough. The General Secretary Unison called on employers to be more flexible, stating they did nothing to lose and everything to gain. So there is where the relationship is. Okay, you cannot compensate me financially. But what can you give me as a loyalty? I mean, yeah. look at this. What do I get for being a loyal employee for 20 years? It's a bit like, you know, being in a contract for um, certain providers. Mm. Do they reward you the longer you stay? No, they don't. Yeah. So therefore, what do people starting to do? I'm going to go to an school for two or three years, get a fatter contract, get a three, three grand golden hello. Yeah. It's like everybody I knew. But you'd, be, you'd be better at it, wouldn't it? The next time round, you'd say, actually... I am I, only going to, your confidence will grow, won't it? You'll say, I only want to do this job if I am allowed flexible learning, if I am allowed kind of PPA. Which is me saying to you, should we be more cheeky? 
should be even more demanding. Well, well, the private sector wouldn't say that was cheeky. They would just say that's absolutely the correct thing to do. Why aren't you there? Why friends that I've got in the private sector can't believe that people aren't doing that? You know. Well, <laughs> yes. I mean, but then part of me, I'm I'm torn. I am I'm not usually like this. I am literally with one side of my brain saying, you know what? Fine, this is the way it is. We're mugs. Just play the game. And the other side of me going, no, we're teachers. You know, we're givers. We're altruistic. You know, we, we help. We do things. Not because of the money. Come on. And I literally find myself, I don't know what everybody else feels about it. You're more welcome to to, to, to let us know. Um, and and, and oh, we've got uh, Paul, who's got a good show coming up. In 20 minutes, Paul. Another good show coming up. 19 on, will be cut off. 19 will be cut off. <laughs> 19 minutes. So, Paul, um, the prof. Uh, TTO host uh, himself, he says in in Northern Ireland, look at um, pay and permits annually. So that's that's board of board of governors look at yeah. at pay permits and annually, which is good. And well, he also says, is there humour in the profession? Both humour as in fun in terms of perspective. <laughs> oh, there is gallows humour. <laughs> There's a lot of gallows humour in the profession, which is good. And yeah, you know what? Actually, there is. Because it, it is a fun job still. There are no yeah, days, yeah. no days. Is there? There are moments. There are fleeting moments when 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 the kids do something silly and you do something silly, and you just have to to laugh. You do, you just there are times you just go, what is this job? What what is this job? And you can't describe it to people. And it was that's what makes it tolerable. That's what makes it the job that it is. That's what I think the guys who don't work in our profession don't understand. Is is that? It's the solidarity, the comradeship. The fun, the banter, working with young people are they're they're exceptional. But it's not fair. We just I don't think we've been treated right. And I think that we maybe have allowed it to happen as well because we haven't been cheeky, because maybe we haven't spotted the change of the culture that we are practically privatized, but we're still pretending we're public sector. And that's the thing. Maybe we still I'm still pretending I'm public sector, but I'm not. My my boss is a CEO. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's privatized. And I was told yeah. I, I was I was told a couple of couple of months ago, and uh, that's hilarious. I was told to be more corporate. And uh, that didn't go down well. It was almost like the time I was told to be more subtle subtle in my behaviour management. That didn't go down well. Because I didn't come in to be an educator, to be more corporate. I got out of corporate. I worked for a large corporate 23 years ago. And I I, I sat down with my dad and looked at my dad straight in the face and says, I'm not a company guy. I, I don't fancy making money for somebody else. I don't fancy being just another cog. I want to do something that's significant. I want to do something important in life. And he looked at me and says, look, son, there were three jobs that you could be in your life. One a politician, two two a teacher, and, and three a lawyer. And I'm kind of nearly there with all three when I think about it. And a defence midfielder for Liverpool. Defence was midfielder for Liverpool. No, I was always a f- attacking fullback. Never skillful enough to be a winger, but fast enough to be a winger. But they always stuck out in the wing because we're small and quick. And I'm like, I don't have the dribbling skills cross of a winger, but I was also a bit ball do, do, we, do we know the difference between kind of the schools that are still? LEA based and those that are kind of more gone down the map route or academy route that is, is the retention difference in those schools are they able to like pull that data out or not, not anecdotally from what I know of people in the area people stay in LEA schools more yeah. um, but that's from just friends who work in both um, but here's the problem with local authority schools and this is this is what's happening to my, my own daughter's school and I'm not, I'm not happy about it 
but they're looking at academization by the fact of the matter is that local authorities are defunded, local authorities are yeah. pulling their services, local authorities are in full retreat, they can't get in the services, so there's actually a health and safety issue now that they feel they may have to join an academy, because academies have that economies of scale to be able to buy in the services. But as we're suggesting, I had to have a strongly worded letter to a private company that's now doing cleaning for us. Mm. Because on Monday morning, I had to come in and clean my own classroom. And I sent, I sent a very strongly worded letter to the regional supervisor saying, I didn't want you to be cleaning my classroom. <laughs> I didn't want your cleaning services to be privatized. I was perfectly happy with the cleaner who worked here for 20 years and cleaned my classroom and was amazing. So when you got your private contract, you promised us, I was in the governors at the time, that and I think there's a massive scandal in that. I think that not just the PFI, I think there's a massive scandal in the companies now which provide food for schools. Um, don't get me started on the price of pens or glue sticks. I think we are being held over a barrel in the education sector. Yeah. And the whole idea of academization was meant to be the buying power of a trust would make things cheaper. Scales, we were promised that we became an, a trust mm. that we would see the benefits, the land of milk and honey. Yeah, working together in a large number of schools. That's going to lead to efficiency savings. That's going to lead to more economies of scale. It was like somebody was selling us Eskimo yeah. to snows. And I, 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 part of the time I thought to myself, okay, that makes some sense. You know, you. All right, you've a larger number of schools, larger number of schools can buy in better services. Teachers can move between your trusts. And don't be wrong, some trusts have been successful. And that, no disrespect, some have, and some have absolutely spectacularly failed. Yeah. Absolutely. The amount of schools in debt and trusts in debt now indicates that either they can't control their budgets, they don't have enough money, or they have basically been tied into things like PFI contracts. Look at this next week, but what does happen there? If these are now private businesses, they basically could go bust. What what does that actually mean though? Do, does the is it then the state has to then kick in like we hear with all the other things like rail and water and everything else? Does the the state then have to kick in and bail it out? We were told schools can't run schools can't run they're not meant to run deficits. So the trust will collapse. Yeah, but we know that's not the case because we know that there are schools that are 30, 40 grand. That was what depth. we were that's what we were told. Yeah. Again, that's that's so that's, they, that's, that's, that's give, a good show. That's a good there's a good show on that of what happens when a school is in debt. What happens to an educational trust that's in debt? Mm. I know that um they have to go through a, a process of, of um the refinancing and, and and the government does then come in and looks at the finances and puts a program together to say let's get you back in the black yeah. but the implications are for a trust that is in debt is that they don't recruit they have to ask their existing staff to then um make cuts in the sense of not redundancy cuts so far um but then that leads to role changes that leads to people not getting promotions that leads to then this cycle of you know what i'm going to leave this trust and I'm going to go to a trust that's, that's got right. money. Yeah. So then what you're going to have is you apply, business, yeah. you, you, you apply business principles. Yeah. I'm going to go to a school that's got more money, that can pay me more money, and then what happens to that school? And then you add in this. Would the school that's running out of money be in a more deprived area? Mm, so. Well, therefore, yeah. your school that's got more money be in a more affluent area yeah, so what is that going to do for social mobility and, and, well, and <laughs> the staff we're kind of we're, we're, we're starting on you has the maslow's hierarchy of well, as well what's going to happen to the morale of the staff yeah. in that area and yet here's the irony is 
is that the people in those areas probably need their education and school even more. The rescuing factor that is. But then you have staff who are leaving the profession because they can't afford it or leaving the profession because they're just not getting, because they're asked to do roles outside their positions. All of this thing becomes with negative multiplier effect. It all goes in a downward spiral. And I think that's connected to social mobility and society issues. Again, if you wanted to design the worst case scenario for education, we are literally seeing money being misappropriated, money misspent, teachers not getting pay rises, schools in debt, schools crumbling, children mental health crisis, a recruitment problem, a retention problem. Oh, dear God, add it all together. So, so if you were, let's say you were in front of your head teacher now, or your head of department, whatever, yeah. and you were a younger brand, a Gen Z brand, Yo, dude. <laughs> How would you? What would you negotiate now for yourself? What would you? What would you say now? Are things that I, looking back, thinking I should, I should have made sure this was in place. You know what? I'd like, I'd like a sabbatical, like they have in Australia. Yeah. I'd like my job held open for a year, and me to be given a career break. And I have seen that happen. I've seen. I'd like that. Happen. I'd like um, assurances that I will not be used to teach certain subjects. Mm-hmm. I'd like that. I would like a behaviour agreement that should children behave in a certain way that I don't have to teach them. Mm -hmm. I would like that. I'd like more protection from the email culture Mm -hmm. that certain parents email a certain time. I just basically want better conditions to my job. Mm -hmm. Better protection, more support, clear structure of if you work here for a couple of years, we will train you and here's the promotional prospects. Mm -hmm. I'd like a clearer path to and more development more opportunities to develop and actually i'd like more opportunities to teach possibly in other schools for a while so within trusts could i move to that other school within a trust for a while i don't think they've managed i, I can only speak from my own experience i don't think i've been given the opportunities yeah, I, I don't believe there's any opportunities ever open to us as well no nope. yeah um and equally i would like the times to be more flexible I'd like to go to my daughter's. Um, I'd like to go to my daughter's um, uh, sports day, mm. like other dads do. Yeah, I'd like. I'd like more time to be able to be flexible, mm. um, and equally, I would want more, just more appreciation from the government. Sounds weird to say it. I just like a thank you. I'd like. A, I'm not saying a pat on the back, but I just like a bit of respect. Mm. A little bit of, you know what? Thanks very much for the job. Stop the gaslighting. But, but I be just, honest. I, just, I mean, like we, I, you know, I, I taught us to tell her about being in Glasgow, and even the, the person doing the kind of tourist bus tour was talking so highly about teachers and education. Is it just a cultural thing? It's not a kind of necessarily a government thing. It's just something in England no. that we just don't do. No, it's, it's, it's actually, if you look at globally, um, I, I like looking at the, the patterns around the world. There's definitely something happening globally with social media and education as well. Um, America is a good example of that. We saw the other day a good good story on that where the children just demanded they have their mobile phone. The school said in America, you're, you're not allowed your mobile phone out. And all the schools walked out. All the kids walked out. I'd be laughing at them going... And you walked out of your own education. Yeah. Fine. There's the door. Mm. Off you go. When you're ready to put your phone in, come on back in because it's your future and your education. Well, in that, in that other country, with that, this country, would be a fine. I mean, if you just walked out. I, I, do you know what? I'm almost at the point where I'm saying you don't want to get educated. You don't want your free education. 
fine. Mm. But when you're older, you can repeat your ring. I, it sounds horrible to say it. I'm losing patience with people. I'm losing patience mm. with people who get everything for free and then demand more. And you go, you know what? Actually, let's just put a put a price on that. Yeah. Put a price on my lesson. Should, should there be? Yeah, should there be put a, a price? Min, a minimal charge. Put a price on my lesson. Put a price on the pen you borrow from me. Put a price on that textbook that you lost. Put a price. You know, because that's the society we live in. But yet, education is not like that. You think, well, okay, well, you want to want to be like that? Be like that. Put a price. Say to a student, you know what? Your actions have made that staff member go home. You've caused my colleague to be sick. You and your parents are paying for the hundred and fifty pounds supply cover because you have made my colleague go home. Then you'd see a massive change. Then you'd see a massive change. No, you're not going on your holiday this year to Tormorinos because your child has caused vandalism in the school. Then you might see a change. It sounds horrible to say it. We are still giving away everything for free, dem you know, demanding little back and forth. I don't think we give a lot back. I think we do a lot, but we don't get a lot back. And that's, I think, where the relationship's been broken. The respect, the honesty, but even just this take, take, take culture. So I think a lot of us are tired so, of it. So, so is there a kind of prescription-style charge that we can charge for state education to just get some of that respect back? And then that money can be used to... There's, there's a point, isn't there? It's not like a massive fee, but it's like a minimal charge that everybody is... But I, but there's a weird thing. I, th I think it's definitely the same with the NHS. You, I think you're right with the NHS. I don't think people appreciate the NHS. They'll not appreciate it. It's going to sound really prophetic to say this. I don't think people will appreciate what they have here until it's gone. Yeah. I don't think they're going to appreciate the NHS till it's gone. Yeah. And I think we're getting close to it going. And I think there's a lot of people, and, and, and that's, no disrespect, that's on the people of the country. That's democracy. That's on the people who vote. That's on the people who constantly harangue schools. Yeah. You know what? You're doing it. You are literally undermining us, chipping away at us. You are driving people out of the teaching profession. And then when we come to say we're on strike, those that ring into the media and go, ah, teachers having an inset day, teachers having six week holidays. Well, you know what? Fine. You teach your children because I am done with teaching your but children. There also was a lot of people that supported. Oh, crap, absolutely. Well, right? But they need to be more vociferous yeah. in the support. Yeah. They need, the local communities need to rally around your schools. They need to turn around to that teacher and say, I hear you're thinking of leaving this school. You don't leave this school. I want you to stay yeah, here and educate I'm my child. I'm going to talk to your head teacher. Yeah. What is it with, and that, that's the thing. If, if, if footballers were about to leave the club, mm. And they were damn good footballers. Would the fans turn around and go, oh, well, you know. Or would they say, you know what? Let's get on to the manager and find out what this player wants. Let's go on to the manager. And let's keep this guy here. Let's keep this this girl here as well. You know, So let's keep them here. And that doesn't happen. It's almost like the philosophy I think a lot of schools have done, and I think they've realized, they're starting to realize now, has been, and we saw that with some schools, there was the supply coming in for a lot of years in teaching where you could go, you don't like it in this academy trust. Here's our rules. We will replace you. It happened recently, didn't that school in Cambridge? School in Cambridge, yeah. and they Everyone can't. Walked, yeah. They can't do that, and that comes full circle with what the purpose of tonight was. The purpose of tonight was demand and supply. We hold a lot of the cards. Yeah. We've never held the cards in a way that we've held them. Are we going to use them? Are we Are we going to hold on to them? Or how are we going to use these cards that we've got? We've got leverage. Yeah. Sounds horrible to say it. We've got leverage in the teaching profession we've never had before, because basically we are demand and supply. There's a demand for our, our skill yeah. set. At the moment, and there's a shortage of supply. Yeah. So therefore, in, in, in the private sector, that'd be huge wage increases, wouldn't it? It would it lead to huge wage, yeah. and, and not just wage increases. It would be bonuses. I hey, look, the guys that caused the stir in the banks. Guess what they're doing right now? They're back at their bonuses. Yeah. They're back at their bonuses, but we're not back to our wage. So you say to yourself, "Well, hold on a second here. We didn't cause this austerity, but we're still paying for it." And the very people that caused it walked away. Quits in. 
and are back making their bonuses. And, and you say to yourself, well, you know, the country needs those people to create wealth. I get it. Absolutely. You know, the financial sector of London is hugely important. I get it. But at the same time, who, what's more important than the future generation? Well, we know what's important because of COVID, the whole country was ground to a halt because well, schools, schools were closed. Well, wasn't that the irony? We were told how valuable we were then. We were told how valuable schools were and we were given the platitudes. But when it comes to the actual brass tax, mm. sorry, we're not. And I'm, I'm, no disrespect to the government that's going to come in, I don't think they're going to change that culture. The, the cavalry ain't coming. No. They ain't coming. And I don't think any of the governments that will come in, regardless of their, their political allegiance, don't seem to have any sway in changing that culture. Yeah. And they're buying into this narrative, mm. which means that I do not see it getting a lot better. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. next week, PFI. Uh, thanks for your messages tonight. Uh, thanks, Adam. We'll go. Uh, we'll have a sponsor. Paul's on the other side in a couple of minutes. Paul yep. Hazard. He's yep. got a couple of guests on. He's got a really good show, as always. Uh, but our show today was brought to you by John Cat Educational, who publishes professional development books and resources which support great teaching and learning in schools here and, and around the world and also to be found in my email inbox once a week. So please have you checked out their latest releases. Um, excellent amount of new releases all the time, keeping it fresh. And um, you can also use our code, which is a perk, which is JCTTR2324. So that's JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. So please don't miss out on that. Um, and visit johncatbookshop.com. That's two T's on John Cat. Um, they explore their full range and advance your CPD. Um, should you need to, because well, it's always a good idea to advance your CPD. So thanks very much for your message tonight. Thanks very much for listening. Um, and hopefully, yes, be a bit cheekier is my my outlook on this. Yeah. Maybe ask for that pay rise. Maybe ask for those extra conditions. Maybe chance your arm a little bit more. And maybe just push the boundaries of a little bit of, do you want me here? Yeah. It, like like knocking on the manager's door and saying, boss, I, I don't want to play centre midfield any longer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? You know, I don't want to play centre midfield any longer. I'd like to try my hand at it. You know, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look at this way. What would we say to our pupils if they were going for their first job? We would be advising them, wouldn't we, to go a little bit further, go push themselves, know their own value, you know, be confident. That's that's what that's what we. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 what would you say to yourself? Um, just before we go, we've got thirty seconds. If there is anybody that knows anybody that's uh, been affected by the PFI. Uh, news to break in the week uh, please dm us if you want to speak to us kind of confidentially that's fine uh we'll ensure that happens if you just want to want to message us either either through the teacher talk radio team or you want to kind of dm us that'd be great because uh, we'd we really like a kind of full perspective on that um but uh, if you follow kind of branwyn jones uh, tweets you, you'll see how kind of the fantastic work that she's doing and i guess at some point that will be a much bigger story so we're hoping to kind of jump on it now while it's well, it's kind of growing, really. Well, I think it's, it is one of those that's going to come with the, I think, the story of the where the money's going in education into private hands. And it's another one of those examples of the lack of accountability and, again, the transference of the money that should be going into the classroom, not going into the classroom, and not even just going to the classroom, going to the people in the classroom to keep them in the classroom. And I think that's where, where tonight was. So, yes, have yourself a good week if you are um, on your half term and enjoy your half term like me if you're off in your half term yeah. next week. So, yeah. have a nice week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Good night, guys. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR. 
2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.